Hey, welcome to Church Alive. Our mission is to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the message. How many of you were part of Church of Lives Transform Weekend? Friday night. Come on, Saturday night, Saturday morning. How many of you were blessed? Come on, give the Lord a hand. That was that was actually a pretty. Uh, did we play golf this weekend? Is that what we did? Uh, felt like it's a little bit of a golf clap. One more time, from a church alive. Some of you confused where you were. Look, yes, 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 on the golf course. Yes, that was a lovely. That was a lovely, lovely, lovely little weekend. <laughs> yes, a couple of hole in ones here and there. Yes. <laughs> Lots of sprinkles. The title of my talk today is How Bad Do You Want It? Come on, slap your name and say, How Bad Do You Want It? Joshua chapter, I'm going to read Joshua chapter 3. Joshua 3 verse 17 says this, The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan. Some will say Jordan. Some will say not Mike. It's the river and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Come on, let's pray together. Father, I just thank you for your word right now. I pray that it breathe life, strength, hope, destiny into people. Lord, we're not here to waste our time, God, but we are here, Father, to honor you, to glorify you, but to build people. Lord, to be the image bearers they're meant to build. Father, I pray and believe for a spirit of transformation in this house. I believe for a hunger to follow you. I believe that the lost will be found. I believe that the saved will be equipped. I believe, Lord God, that you're going to do something significant in this moment right now and i just believe for the touch of heaven upon every life lord let your love grace and mercy touch them where they need it i pray come on let's pray this prayer together say jesus speak to my heart change my life i open my mind and my heart to hearing from you thank you lord you are for me i am who you say i am i can do what you say i can do Come on, one more time. Give the Lord a hand in the house of God. Come on, church alive. Let's lift it up. Come on. All right, tell the person next to you you're good looking and people like you and grab your seat. How bad do you want it? I was teaching my daughter recently and over the years about brushing your teeth. How many of you brush your teeth? Some of you are disgusting. I'm just, uh, uh, we're going to have a class after this called How to Brush Your Teeth 101 because about 30% of you gave me no hands, none, not even like sometimes. But anyway, we're talking to my daughter and and the funny thing is she's actually really particular about brushing her teeth, which is interesting for a four-year-old because often they're not. You've got to coach them and say, do it again. And I'm like, honey, brush your teeth. And she does it and then she spits it out. She's already brushed it once. And she has had a message from the dentist that you have to brush your teeth twice. What the dentist meant was morning and night. But what Hope got out of that was morning twice, night twice. 
which is kind of a good thing because it means that she's going to have sparkling white teeth for a long, long time to come and cost daddy less money in fillings. Can someone pray, say praise God? Okay. So anyway, she has taken on this art that she knows twice in the morning and twice at night. She does. She spits it out. She's like, Daddy, if I don't brush my teeth twice, the dentist said I'm going to get cavities. I think life is often like that. We want God to give us a brand new set of veneers. But understand this, that the Father actually wants you to habitually do some things. And how many thank God your parents coached you to brush your teeth? And God wants to coach you. God wants to coach you today. God wants to father you today through His Word so that you are not just an occasional brusher of your teeth, like once a week kind of brusher of your teeth. But God wants to make sure that you're the kind of person that you have a habit of success because I want to tell you that it is your habits that make you and it is your habits that break you. How many shower at least once a day? Again, and a lot of dirty people in this church. And, or maybe just anti, you just don't, I just don't like putting up my hands in church. Someone's going to think I'm Pentecostal. No, they'll just think you shower. Are you with me? And Joshua is given the assignment as we jump into our text today to bring a people from Egypt, really that was Moses' assignment, and to bring them into a place of promise. Moses brought them out of Egypt. Moses brought them through the Red Sea. And then Joshua was given the assignment to bring them through a place into the promised land, which is a picture of the John 10.10 life, that abundant Christian life, so that you and I are not just wandering in a wilderness somewhere, but we live with purpose, we live with destiny, that God has a plan for us, and it's not some idea, it's something that we do. But I want to point out some things of how God led them from a wilderness into the promised land. There are two significant rivers that the children of Israel had to cross. They had to cross the Red Sea. When they crossed the Red Sea out of Egypt, what it meant was that the nation who was chasing them was destroyed. Why does God want you to get baptized? It is a picture of you immersing in Christ so that some of your enemies that used to hold you and stop you literally are destroyed. See, God saves the children of Israel out of Egypt from something. And through the Red Sea, it is a picture that God saves you from something. Some would say from. Some would say to. When I was about 17 or 15, I remember thinking to myself about heaven and God. And I remember thinking to myself, I know God's saved me from something. Like, I know I'm going to heaven, but I didn't feel like I was saved to something. And there's often a big difference between when you're saved from and when you're saved to. See, God wants to save you from some things, but He doesn't want to stop there. He wants to bring you to some things. Come on, anyone agree with me in the house of God? See, the exciting, passionate Christian life actually is not just getting saved from, it's getting saved to. And if I don't know what I'm saved to, I end up wandering around aimless and pointless and maybe having some blessings from the Lord. But God says, no, 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 I've actually made you to get saved to something so that you would be a warrior, so that you would be a soldier, so that you would serve and make a difference, so that you would become something. See, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says that we are saved by grace, through faith, 
not for your own works, it is the gift of God. But then it goes on to say in Ephesians 2.10 that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So God saves us by His grace, but then by faith and by putting ourselves in the workmanship of God so that He can make us, you are then anointed and enabled and formed on the inside. And God deals with your character and God deals with your mind. And God says, don't picture that, picture this. And God begins to shift you and make you. And not just by yourself, I want to say this, in a community of people. Understand that even in the crossing of the Jordan, when the children of Israel crossed the Jordan, they followed priests who were carrying the presence of God. And you'll always go right if you're following people who are carrying the presence of God. And you'll go down into the Jordan, but you'll come up. Now, interesting enough, the Bible actually says, or history tells us this, that the Jordan is a place of descent. The, the, the meaning of the Jordan means to descend. Someone say descend. Now, how many of you want to be blessed? Say yes. How many of you want God to elevate your life? Say yes. But the path of the kingdom of God isn't just promotion. It's often descending to a more humble place so that God can lift you. Now, please understand this. If you don't get this, you will pursue some things that will actually break you. One of the NFL players right now was famous for giving up basically $40 million, Michael Brown. He then, I think he quit the Dallas, is that right? He jumped out of, I think it was Dallas or whoever he was signed up with. Then they signed up for the Patriots. But then after that, it's not just that, it's now he's been charged with rape. So you can see a man who had 50 million, 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 million dollars with all potential, all future, all good things in front of him, but his pride destroyed him. Here's the thing. Do not think you and I are any different because we often think that we would act different. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it says, no temptation has seized you. It, said, it says this, except what's common. It means the person next to you deals often with the same temptation you deal with. And, and, and often people think in their realm of temptation, it's special. I'm special. I have this special temptation. Like other people are tempted with small things, but I have these special temptations and I'm unlike anyone else. I've got bad news for you. I've talked to enough people. You're not that special. <laughs> now you're special, but in the area of temptation, you're normal. Because I could tell you right now what guys deal with and what girls deal with. And I'd be almost 100% accurate every time I say it. Because you are part of the human race. The devil tricks you and says, you're special with your sin. Am I preaching to anyone today? He says, you're special. You're special in this one. You are special. But your sin is not special. Your sin is common. Are you with me, Church Alive? The Jordan means to descend. Listen to this. This is an important quote. The Jordan was a place where people would physically descend into a body of water and spiritually ascend to a higher place. God rescues them from the Red Sea. God takes them through it. They wander for 40 years in a place of 
barrenness, but God still was good to them. God still provided for them. But then he says, now I have mission for you. And Joshua says, I want you to follow the priests who carry the ark of my presence and they're going to go before you and the river is literally going to supernaturally stop and you guys are going to walk on through on dry land to dry land to the other side. What's interesting with the Jordan River, it is the most mentioned river in all of the Bible. John the Baptist preached near this river. He baptized people near this river. He would tell them that they were to stop doing certain nonsense and put their faith in God and stop being hypocrites. And many would go to him, hear him, and they would walk down into the Jordan to humble themselves. But there was always a physical descent, but then God had a spiritual ascent for them. Jesus modeled that exact same path. He goes to John the Baptist and he, he descends into the Jordan and he says, I must be baptized by you. And John says, no, 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 I must be baptized by you. And he says, no, I must do this to fulfill all righteousness because one day there was a prophet who had a sickness, a leprosy, sorry, there was a man called Naaman with leprosy in his body. And Jesus wanted to make sure that everyone who had leprosy, which is a type of sin in the Old Testament and the New Testament could know that if they would just descend into the person of Christ, they would spiritually ascend with him as well. Are you with me? Now the Bible says this in 2 Kings chapter 5, it says, now Naaman was commander. Someone say commander. Come on, say that loud and proud. Say commander. Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. What does that mean? It means he's big time. He was a great man. In the sight of his master, he's highly regarded because through him, the Lord had given victory over Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. He's successful, he's powerful, he's got lots of money, but he has an issue that he cannot deal with himself. Often we think to ourselves that our issues are somehow outside of God's control. But the truth is that often it's your issues is the very reason you came to God. You felt like you lacked purpose. You felt like you lacked meaning. You felt like your family was broken. You felt like you had no good examples. You got sick, whatever it might be. And all of us come to God with some form of type of leprosy that we don't seem to be able to handle. But what's interesting is that Naaman goes to a man called Elisha and there was rumors that God moved to Elisha's house. Someone say rumor. You've heard good rumors. You've heard bad rumors. All of us have had rumors. I love to hear a good rumor. I love to hear a good report of what God's doing in this church. I had a man tell me just recently, actually I think it was Marco, his, 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 his mother had surgery, heart surgery. And the doctors said, listen, in six months, we'll know if this thing works. After a day or two, they said, we don't know what happened, but this thing has worked. Like, I love hearing rumors of God doing something in church alive. I had a woman walk up to me and say, I don't know what you do at Transform Men. 
but it's working. I love those type of rumors because the house of God should be a place of rumor. And I'm not talking bad rumor. I'm talking good rumor. Let the rumors of heaven come out of this house. Let there be a place where people know there's something about that place. I can find transformation. There's something about that place. I can find God. There's something about that place. I can find purpose. There's something about that place. I can find meaning. There's something in the water. There's something here. And I promise you today, there is something here. I promise you today, God is in this place. I promise you today that if you'll just keep getting in the water, God will move in your life. 2 Kings 5 says this, so Naaman, someone says so Naaman. So Naaman heard the rumors. Naaman was like, man, i got a problem I can't fix. I have leprosy that I can't fix. And he says, so Naaman went with his horses and his chariots. And he stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Naaman went with his horses and his chariots. Let me contextualize that in 2019. Naaman showed up in a Bentley. Naaman's posse had Lamborghinis. See, at that time, if you were, most people just walked. If you were kind of well off, you had a donkey. If you were rich, you had a horse. He had horses and chariots. When Naaman shows up to Elisha's house, he shows up with his posse. He is a wealthy man. He is a commander of armies. He's important. And the Bible actually tells us that he shows up with silver and gold because he wants to give a gift to this guy who supposedly is going to wave his magic wand and heal him. And he shows up with the equivalent of about $250,000. Now listen, if you knock, if someone knocks on your door with $250,000, and they're going to check, and they want to give it to you, and they showed up with Lamborghinis and Porsches, would you open the door? Some of you stay quiet. Uh, um, listen, if you show up to my door, and all you have is edible arrangements with chocolate-covered strawberries, I'll show up. I'm not sending servants. I'm not sending my son. He'll eat them all. I'm showing up because you came to my house with some edible arrangements which are of the Lord. I feel less manly when I eat edible arrangements, but I'm not stopping it. When I eat chocolate-covered strawberries, I go, I enjoy these too much, but I'm not stopping it. I have some addictions. This is one of them. If you show up to this church, you don't have a meeting, but you have edible arrangements. You might have a meeting. Someone, come on. Someone give the Lord a hand for just edible arrangements and chocolate-covered strawberries. And sprinkles. <laughs> the Bible says this. Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you'll be cleansed. This guy shows up with his posse, Lamborghinis, Bentleys, maybe private jet, this guy sends a messenger because for some reason the prophet knew that his greatest problem was how successful he was and his greatest problem was actually his greatest hindrance. Isn't it interesting that sometimes the fact that we are successful at certain things stops us actually heeding, hearing the voice of God. You say, I'll attend 
I'll come, I'll listen occasionally, but I'm good. Are you sure? Because you might have leprosy. You might have an area of your life that's blessed. You might have seven areas of your life that's blessed. But is there an area that someone no one seems to know about? Is there an area of your life that seems like leprosy that you don't seem to be able to get, get on and, and deal with? Is there an area that the people that know you the least respect you the most? And the people that know you the most, they respect you the least? I want to tell you if that's the case, there's some leprosy in your home and Jesus wants to heal it. Watch this now, but Naaman, verse 11, but Naaman went away angry. He said, I thought you'd surely come out to me and stand and call in the name of the Lord his God. Wave his hand like Benny Hinn over the spot and cure me. I love Benny Hinn, but don't get me wrong. It's just a funny moment. Wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. And the Bible says in verse 12, I'm not a banner and parfar or however you say that, river. And Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel. In other words, he was used to bathing in some really, he was used to bathing in six-star resorts. Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. Verse 13, Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? Watch this now. He shows up with his posse. A messenger goes down, wash in the Jordan seven times. Wash in the place of descent seven times. Don't know if you're a Bible scholar or not. You don't need to be. But numbers for some reason are important in Scripture. Number eight is the number of new beginnings. Number six is the number of man. Number 12 is the number of government. But he says, I want you to wash in the Jordan. I want you to literally go down into the Jordan and I want you to immerse yourself seven times. Not six, not five, not four. I don't want you to dip your toe in it. I don't want you to go knee high and go, Elisha, I did it. He says, I want you to immerse seven times. And when you immerse seven times, you will be cleansed. I hope you're starting to get this in your mind and in your heart. Too many of us try to put our toe in God, get up to our knees in God. And then say, why aren't I healed? But Elisha says to him, go dip seven times. Go immerse yourself in the number of Jesus himself. When someone is saved, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, says, by one spirit are we baptized into the body of Christ? Are we immersed? The moment you're a Christian, God baptizes or immerses you into the body of Christ. If you've never done that before, you can do it simply by faith. And by faith, Jesus literally immerses you into the body of Christ. Then he asks you to do something separate. He asks you to immerse yourself into a body of water so that you can declare to some other people, I had leprosy, I don't anymore. Some of you missed it. He asked you to get in a body of water and immerse fully, not even sprinkle, 
but immerse. He wants you to immerse in a body of water to say, I used to have leprosy, but now I don't. I didn't earn it. I couldn't have earned it, but he gave it to me. See, God is a God of immersion. He's not a God of sprinkle. God is a God of immersion, not sprinkle. He says, I baptize you into the body of Christ's salvation. I baptize you and I want you water baptized because I want you to immerse. I baptize you in the Holy Spirit, which means he wants to immerse again. And then God gives us the ingredients for success. He gives us the ingredients. But the question is how much? Do you want it? Isn't it ridiculous that sometimes you read the Gospels and Jesus will say to someone who's been sick for 17 years or 30 years, do you want to be made whole? They're like, Jesus, why are you asking that question? He's asking that question because it's not his capacity to heal us that's often the problem. It's our desire to be healed. Because like Naaman... He actually, sometimes we like Naaman go, God, I want you to just wave your hand over me. I want you to fix me of all my problems. Ready? I'm ready. Go, 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 go. Fix me. Help me. Take away my temper. Take away my lust. Take away my greediness. Take away all those things. Just fix me. Have you ever done that? Just go, oh, fix me. Fix me. And he sends a servant to tell you a message. And the servant tells you, descend into the Jordan, the place of humility, and allow the number seven, seven times I you to do it. The Son of Man is to clothe you. And when you pop up, you'll be healed. Salvation is a moment. Transformation is always ongoing. Salvation is a moment. Transformation is a process that God never stops. He says, you are my workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. But the problem is sometimes we don't give God enough to work with. Are you giving God enough to work with? How bad do you want it? How bad do you want to be whole? How bad do you want it? Come on, if you're going to give me a hand, give me a good hand. Come on, slap your neighbor one more time and say, how bad do you want it? I was 18 years old and we, we shifted from a church that was kind of dead to be honest. I was 14, 15, 16, 17 and we went to this one church and people went through the motions, people went through the rituals and I shifted to a church when I was about 17 that all of a sudden I walked into that place and I sensed God. I literally was like, oh man, these people want to be here. And I, it was like I saw something I'd never seen before. It was like I knew that the presence of God hovered there. Anyway, God touched my life shortly after, weeks later, changed my friends, changed my sense of purpose. And then I started reading a couple of books and hearing some messages. And one of those scriptures that just really, 
identified with my life was Joshua 1 verse 8. He says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it. You shall think about it. You shall pray it. You shall memorize it. It shall become your food. Watch this now. You shall meditate, meditate on it when? How many times do you brush your teeth? How many times does God want something good in your heart and in your mind? This is a fathering moment because too many people brush their teeth once a week. And in their faith and in their Christianity, they're like, how come, how come I'm not changing? You're changing, baby. You're transforming to bad teeth. Or you're transforming to good teeth. Now watch this now. He says, then, then. Then, if you do this, then, how long's then? Then. He doesn't give a time limit. He doesn't say it takes a week. He doesn't say it takes a month. He doesn't say it takes a year. Then, when you do this, then you'll be prosperous and successful. Jesus said, if you abide in me, he says that my word abides in you. He says, you will bear fruit. How long does it take? Does it matter? I am, I am, listen to me. Sometimes I honestly feel, ah, sometimes I feel like I'm preaching to your destiny. Like I feel it. I, I, I'm preaching for the man or woman that your husband and wife wants you to be. And if you're not married in here, needs you to be one day. I'm preaching so that one day, Someone will look up to you and go, oh, that's daddy and that's mommy. And he was an example for me. And he was that to me. And he was prosperous and he was successful. And he was a man of God. And he grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and favor with man. He was an example. He was an example. I want to tell someone today, you may have not been an example. God wants you to be an example. But listen to me. Take a seat. I appreciate it. Can I have the worship team to come back? Listen to me. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it. When? Breakfast and nighttime. You'll brush your teeth with it. And then you'll be prosperous and successful. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man. How many want to be blessed? That word blessed means happy, prosperous, successful, to be envied. That's what it means. Blessed is the man. But let me jump to the New Testament. I think it's Matthew 5 verse 3. It says, blessed are the meek, for they, watch this now, shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek. What is meek? We think it rhymes with weak. It has nothing to do with weak. It actually means strong. It is theologically like a horse that has listened and been broken. And you're like, what do you, what do you mean? I don't want to be broken. A horse that is not broken kicks off its master. A horse that is not broken cannot go to battle. A horse that is not broken cannot race. A horse that is not broken might look good, might have lots of potential, but it's not broken yet. But when a horse is broken, when the master just nudges to the left, he goes left and nudges to the right, he goes right. Watch this now. How long does it take God to break you? How long does it take? Sometimes, to be honest, it takes longer than He wants it to. 
because we're not listening. You've got to allow God to adjust you. Why do you need to be in the Word? Because you need faith. You know what's lacking in this world? Faith. Because the truth is, if you have faith, you'll get hope. And if you have faith, you'll get connected to love. And you might be like, Anthony, what's missing in the world is love. You're wrong. Get faith and you'll get hope and you'll get love. And we need to be a house of faith. But he says, this book shall not depart from your mouth. Listen, I'm 18 years old. I grew up in a home where there was physical violence. There was emotional violence. Father went off gambling at different times, could never kick drinking. My mother was a woman of God and she, she kind of paved the way. And if you look, I, someone pointed out this to me the other day. I was meeting with a church leader and Miriam was sharing with, with her, Valerie Murphy, just, yeah, he's been very consistent over the years to just spend time with Jesus. And then Valerie says to me a couple of days ago, she was like, well, it's not like your family and your growing up family trained you to lead a church. And for some reason, all of a sudden that dawned on me. I'm like, oh, it's totally right. Actually, at the age of 18, I would say to you, I led nothing. 17 years old, 16 years old, I wasn't a leader in any environment. I was a follower. Now in every environment I step into, 95% of the time, I'm the leader. And I can only say that God has done that because at 18, I decided, how do I be prosperous? How do I see successful? How do I be healed like Naaman? How do I be healed? Oh, you just keep going back. I can do that. I can brush my teeth. I can meditate on the Word. I can make it my foundation. I can make it my strength. It is by grace you've been saved. But God wants you to work for Him. I see soldiers rising up in this house. I see champions rising. I see men becoming all that God has called them to be. I see women becoming champions. I see black, white, Spanish, Korean, Asian becoming champions for God. God wants you to be a champion. But he listen, he says the formula is Joshua 1. It's the formula. Pastor, how long is it going to take? How long? The truth is, if you stop it, you'll go backwards. If you stop it, you'll go backwards. But I found if I'll go to the Jordan River, I found if I'll just immerse in the number seven, Jesus, that I'll be healed. I'll be whole. And sometimes that's a moment in the Word and sometimes that's a moment of worship and sometimes that's conversations with other people and sometimes that's just getting around the right people and sometimes that's just fun but if I'll just get to the Jordan River and I'll immerse in the person of Jesus Christ some of you are struggling with some things like how long Lord? That scripture needs to become your medication. If you believe it, say amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand. Would everyone stand here? If you want to hear more empowering messages and learn more about Church Alive, make sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at churchalive.tv. We hope to see you this weekend. Have a great week.